With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind, I can assure you this frivolity and laughter is not in any way related to the second half performance. Uh, Brian was just talking to me off air before we came on and said it was certainly a game of two halves and and, and that it was. Um, So Brian, having said that, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts in the second half, some of the players we saw, Urugidi, Shaw, Murray, um, Hjelda, a lot of of players there that obviously weren't on in the first half, I think it was an entirely different eleven. What were your thoughts on some of the individuals in the general team performance? Well, I think I think the the, the players that well, kind of let us down a bit in the second half for the, the sort of so-called mainstays. Pope, Pope Christie was he was just Ryan Christie, weren't he? Um, and Chan hmm. was straight off the boil. Um, Mikey Johnson needed forty-two touches to pass a ball. Um, and Big Urigidi, oh boy, oh boy! I know it's only um, forty-five minutes, but. That was a car crash debut. 
Um, on a positive note, me Moffat coming on, got a cheer in the uh, Degden household. I was happy to see him. Uh, Big Shaw looks a player. Really looks a player. Very happy with him. I think Horry's um, not been talked about enough. I really like to look at him as well. So there's a lot of positives in general. Most of it's the first half, but for me, the players that let us down is, is the players that are so-called experienced in the squad, and that's a concern. Yeah. I think I think I agree with that. I think uh, Christian and Cham, if they're looking to get the second chance at Celtic that we talked about in the first half with the Jetty and, and, and Barkas, then they're not going the, way, the right way about it, that's for sure. Um, Lawrence, I'll come to you. Um, one of the players that did impress me, to keep it on a more positive note, was Liam Shaw. Quite a tall guy, quite a, a big unit of a guy to be in the middle of the park, but certainly seemed very assured on the ball, not afraid of a tackle, but also seemed to have sort of decent distribution as well. Do you think he's a player that could, you know, steady the ship for us in the middle of the park in the coming season? Yeah, yeah definitely, you know, there's a slow phrase in it, great for a big guy, but, you know, he's really tenacious <laughs> as well. But, you know, when he dropped back, he didn't look out of place. The couple of long passes, he, he, he hit over about 25 minutes in the second half. Into Crossfield. Before, you, before you go on, before you go on, Lawrence, you're not suggesting he's the new near beat on and he's going to drop so far back he's going to be a centre back. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But it's good to be able to have that cover at the back because I think we're going to need it at times, aren't we? Yeah, you know, we're definitely yeah. going to need it. As Brian touched on, you know, the Eagle players shows the team players and probably won't work in an Ange team. Christy, Cham, Eagle players, and Diesel, Cham. <sighs> Let's play in the park, maybe. But for Celtic, anyway, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, and he's got a huge ego with him. It, and Christie wasn't far behind him, in my opinion. It's kind of, it was just terrible for, for both of them. You mean, they obviously didn't watch Anne's mic up or didn't listen to it when we were on the, the training ground because it's, you know, take a touch, move it on, take a touch. Not these boys. And Chad put us in trouble a number of times. Just really, really poor. Ah, I actually blame from the goal. That, that terrible pass from him. He was just really lazy with it. Was it under pressure to get away? And terrible pass. They end up winning the ball from it and they lose a goal. There's a comment here on uh, uh, the comments from the viewers and thanks everybody for commenting on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. It's from a Facebook user whose name unfortunately hasn't come up but says, yep, impressed with Shaw and Cham looked like he was going through the motions. If I was trying to impress, that's not the way I would be going about it and that's exactly what we, we sort of, uh, we've sort of been saying already. Um, Tony, um, one player that really frustrated me in the second half was Mikey Johnston. You know, we talk about how long you can suggest that somebody's a promising youngster. He's, what, 24 years old now? He's had a couple of seasons at least where he's been a regular in and around the, the first team squad. At what point do you accept that somebody's potential is not something that they're going to live up to and, and you know, move on to the next? <laughs> Well, it's a measure of the, I mean, the second half was pretty brutal, but I developed two reps watching Shaw and Shaw and Mikey Johnson screaming at a, a laptop thinking, what are you doing, you know? Uh, Mikey Johnson, you know my thoughts on Mikey Johnson, is very much the same as Christopher Iyer. I, I, I don't rate him, I don't think he's a Celtic player. If, as I say, I always count it by saying, this is my opinion, but having watched enough of him, I don't think he's going to cut the mustard as a Celtic player. And I said he's off camera that the one that he ran through, he took a beat up player lovely, 
And then, you know, you can do that. He's got quick feet. He can do he's got some lovely tricks. But he strikes as being a street footballer. You kind of bring mm-hmm. street football to to normal football. Right? This is real life football. You know, you don't get time to perform all these pivots and pirouettes. And good players beat a guy lovely, play a pass, or they get a shot off at goal. It's kind of microcosmic of Mikey Johnson's career at Celtic. He can do a good thing, but it's followed by either running the ball at the park or running out of ideas or, or the move breaks down. And a more clinical person could do either what I said, play a, play a through pass to somebody who could go and score or go and score themselves. You know, and, and you know, there was two moments in the League Cup final. Edward Lane a play at the golfer. Christopher Julian and then he laid on a plate Mikey Johnson running through a Hamden the whole of Hamden on his own and he couldn't take the chance and I kind of said to myself do you know what these are the kind of career moments that define you and I'd made up my mind before that but that just cemented it in my head that I just don't think you'll cut the mustard Mikey because you know I'm not denying there's maybe some skill there but we need more we need a more clinical head and as you say, how long can you be a promising youngster? He's now 24. He should be forcing his way into that team. He should be banging the door down, or he should be a number a, a, one of the front two, if that's the way he sees himself. You know, or that's that that's the way his career should have progressed, but it hasn't. And I don't know if Mikey Johnson has to go elsewhere to to progress his career. I, I would certainly cut the losses on it because I just I just don't see it. As for him, Sharp, I mean, I don't know what's happened. He's just regressed so badly. I mean, you think one player that might want to make an impression under a new manager is in Sharp. His distribution is absolutely awful in the pre-season mm-hmm. If you can't get it right there where players aren't even going full tilt, then you've got problems. You know, so I... And the two players you've mentioned just didn't impress me at all. The guys have touched on the impressive ones, Murray, Fielder, Montgomery, Moffat. You know, that that's I'm quite happy with Shaw. Yes. Shaw in particular. I like the look of Shaw. What you know, the guys have said. Tony, you on Mikey Johnson, he's never taken Montgomery out of the team, has he? No. No. <laughs> you know, no. You're looking good. Would, would you play Moffat in front of Mikey Johnson based yes. on uh, what you've seen? Yes. Yeah. Right now, you know, he looks a hungry player. He looks the one that could could progress. I just I, think he's not progressed. He's came I, out tw- and he's done nothing to suggest that he's going to progress. You've said it, twenty-four. Twenty-four. You, you should be a player. You shouldn't be. You're promising. It's kind of right. Maybe eighteen, nineteen. You're twenty. You're promising. Twenty-four. Yeah. In that first team, Lons. I, I don't think Mikey Johnson has done enough or made his mark in that first team. Somebody enlighten mm-hmm. me if he has. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm in agreement. Um, Brian, to come back to you, we've talked about you know some of the more positive points of the of the of the team, and to look at those positives, you know, we played a back four in that second half. Uragidi aside, you had you had Montgomery, you had um, Murray, and you had Hilda. Do you think perhaps we need to put more trust in them for the coming season, given that we don't look as if we're going to get more defenders in if, if the Vucinic deal doesn't come off? Do you think they're of a standard yet that we can put them into the first team and rely on them for the coming season? Well, I think there's, there's two ways of looking at it, Laura. So, I, I said before, you, you still have to look at two levels. So, you've got your experienced players, your most experienced mm-hmm. players, and then you've got a sub-level of guys like 
set up backup players, and that's your get Moffitt, your Elge, etc. And over the course of a season, that starts to level out because the more time I get to them, the better there. That's why I, I was when, when we signed with the Giddy, I thought unless this boy's good enough to dominate a box and be a, a, a European style player at his age, why are we sign them? Because when guys like Helge, Murray, they are developed them, developed Welsh when he can better. You get Julian coming back, get a couple of speed centre halves in. Um, one of the, the, the things that I think you know sort of backs up that theory is if you look at the two pieces eight so far, the players that have shown are the younger players because they seem to be taking on what the possible goal to the One touch pass, one touch pass, never stop moving, all that stuff. The players here are slightly questioning um, or some of the more experienced players. Um, I'll be honest, this may be a controversial point, but Ayeti said a better PC so far than Edward. I would trust Ayeti mm. to start in Switzerland before we start Eddie. Now, no saying for a second before everybody gets excited that Ayeti's a better player than Edward. I love Edward. But in this team, it looks like he's he's drinking the Kool-Aid almost Ayeti, as are some of the younger players. And quite honestly, if they're, you know, Moffat, he's looked a shining star. And I know Forrest is, I think Forrest is exceptional, but you know, if he's struggling for fitness, there's no reason Moffat should be in that first team squad. There's no reason mm. the belt should be in, there's no reason Shaw should be in. And I, I think Big Buddy's really, really showing big physical presence. Yeah, he's young, but the guy's a, 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 a giant. Same with Hales, so there's no reason these guys shouldn't be filtering in. I know the answer. Mm. We do need experienced players, but there's no reason, given their attitude so far, they shouldn't be in around that first team. I'd like yeah. to see them um, barely in and around that first team. I yeah. think they barely yeah. did enough in those 45 to suggest that he's even against the Danes. You know, he's just something mm. a bit different. Yeah. You know, and, and he looks a wee bit special. You know, just my, my own opinion, and I've thought that for a while, and he just excites you when he gets on the ball, you know, and I'd like to see how he would react to a crowd being there and, you know, them getting behind him and really giving him some backing. You know, he's... He showed some lovely touches there in 45 and, you know, I, I, that's exciting. That excites me moving forward. Yeah, I he was tracking back, he was putting himself about, he took a goal. He, he, so the attitude's there. Yeah. So why is it Results only, but it's, yeah, you, worry, you look at attitude of players and I get what you're saying about a jetty because there's still that element and certainly got amongst the supporters and in Eddie's head that he's out the door. You know, mm-hmm. so if that's the case, then you do go with a hungry player or a guy that's listening to the manager and saying, you could be the future moving forward. Mm-hmm. And a jetty seems to take him on board. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's all fair points. Um, building on what Tony and Brian have said, Lawrence, um, the phrase baby out with the bathwater comes to mind of like that you know should we be having a completely different attitude given the performances some of some of our established players last season should we be given not that we have much choice in the matter but surely we should be given Ange license to go with the players it seems like he's the type of manager who's got a philosophy that if you're willing to follow it 
then it's less about your ability and it's more about your ability to follow instruction. Do you think then that we should be kind of throwing out any ideas we've got about what the first team's going to be and, and, and just wait and see? Um, talk about drinking the Kool-Aid and, and, and following instruction in that way. Do you think that we're going to see a massively different team because of that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you'll cut players that should have cut maybe a long time ago that who, who don't have the right attitude for every game. Some players, you know, they'll turn it on big games and, and for whatever reason, and it's good enough to keep them in the team. Eddie, Cham, Christie, you know, probably the ego players as opposed to the team players. Whereas, Angie's, it's all about team, isn't it? Form instructions, you're a team, you need to follow philosophy, you need to do what I tell you, work for each other. And if you're not going to do that, I think it's bye bye, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, I've just been reminded that Mikey Johnson's 22, I'm not 24, as we've said. 22, stated. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, well, I still think he should be established uh, in the team, given how long he's had a chance to go, but we'll, we'll, give, him two, we'll give him two more years, Tony, will we? See how we got on. Watson Montgomery and Moffat are still in front of him on the preseason performances. It doesn't matter of his age. Apparently, my hatred for him shines through on this broadcast, allegedly. I, All right, I give, okay. I give opinions. I don't hate players. I just give opinions, and people can agree or disagree. I don't have a downer on Mikey Johnson. I just don't think he's a Celtic player in the making. You know, a future Celtic no, I- player. So I'm allowed to say that, but I, apparently, I hate him. No, I, I, I don't think. It, yeah, no, I don't think anybody on this this podcast hates any Celtic player. We're just looking for players that are of the standard we believe uh, are high enough for the club. But Tony, I'm going to come back to you on on an area that is a bit more your expertise than than, than a lot of the other contributors. Um, as somebody who's experienced in media, and this is moving a bit away from the game, um, we've seen a lot of improvement in the output from Celtic TV, the content they've been putting out there, trying to get a bit more involved in in what's going on with the players, what's going on with the staff. First of all, how important do you think that is? You're a journalist, I'm sure you probably have some views on that. Um, And secondly, do you think it's something that's going to improve and continue to be the case going forward this season? I think it's something, we spoke about it a lot last season, there was a real disconnect there, wasn't there, with the supporters? Mm -hmm. So Dominic Mackay is savvy enough to come in and say, right, the way you're going to get supporters back on board is to sort of give them content that they want, media content that they want, you know, and a lot of the comments about the media content so far have been really, really positive. You know, the supporters mm-hmm. have really enjoyed it. They've enjoyed the access. You know, the, the mic up one with and, you know, a small thing, but it meant a lot to the supporters. You know, I know we spoke about you talk to talk, you now need to walk the walk, but it was just wee things like that that people are made to feel involved and feel in touch with the club. You know, they got that snapshot into training and, you know, they got that that kind of message we we go all. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. 
House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. At the time, we, we rushed it in. At halftime, we rushed it full time. You know, that kind of thing. You know, and a lot of supporters were like, yeah, they really tuned into that. You know, and we said at the time, not saying anything that you. You don't know, he's not reinventing the wheel, but it was actually just nice to see that, to see him say that, to see him say those things, to, to see him praise the players and, and you know, sort of, well, that's good football, that's good football, you know? You know, it was, and it was very encouraging. So if you're putting out media content like that that flicks a fan switch, of course it's a good thing. Of course you're on to a winner. I mean, it, it really couldn't get any worse than last season, could it? In terms no. of the, the output and the media content, Brian's laughing. But, you know, uh, that, as Brian mentioned, the word car crash. You know, it was a car crash last season in terms of the media relations. It really, really was. And then I, I came away with that statement when I said tweets don't win titles. Remember, they were trying to be smart at one point. They won clubs yeah. in 1888 thing. And you're thinking, that lovely soundbite might appeal to some people, but... You know, they've thrown the ten at that point. Do you think being clever mm-hmm. and with some media soundbite was was going to win the fans back? You're still in nobody. So we'll now get a new groom who seem to be a wee bit more media savvy. You know, they're putting out content there that the fans seem to be lapping up. And long may that continue. You know, you just hope that they don't get off to a poor start and all and it all you know brings to a shuddering halt. But it's, it, it, to me and you, it seemed like common sense. And Brian as well, who's done, who's, you know, versed in media. These things are common sense, are they not? Not you know, mm-hmm. you're losing your mind. Why, why they couldn't do this last season? You just what's going on with the club? So I yeah. think we're in the middle of a reconnect, and so far the reconnect, it's it's very positive, and a lot of people are liking it. So you know, it ain't broke at the minute. It doesn't need fixed, so just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Brian, I'll come to you for your thoughts on it. As, as Tony says, you're also involved in media. Um, we've gone from, as Tony touched on last season, tweets about we're not half of anything, one club since 1888. Some people liked it. Some people, myself included, thought it, it lacked a bit of class and a bit of... Um, a bit of uh, a, a bit of grace, if you like, um, but you know, each each to their own as far as that's concerned. But one thing that I don't think can be disagreed on is the engagement from the club this season through the the fan media events, through the through the output on the social media channels has all improved. I think, especially their multimedia output on the YouTube channel as well. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Have you enjoyed the content and the change in direction that it's had? And do you think it's something that's going to continue throughout this season? It seems it seems that way. Don McKay, I think it's really impressive in terms of being very clear about what he wants and how he views engagement. I remember when, mm-hmm. when Brendan Rogers came in and everyone talked about the whole Trinity, which the ball, the fans, the football. And Don McKay spoke about the business, the football, the engagement. He's been very clear mm-hmm. that it wants this to continue. And it is um, as Tony says, and I think everyone said and we all agree, any content's good content. You know, they're, they're trying to open the club up, make the players more accessible, make Ange more accessible, tell us what they're doing, let us show 
But don't get me wrong, if I was to be cynical about it, Tommy mm-hmm. Guy's got a few political answers as well. You know, he's no, the, mm-hmm. you know, he, he does deflect quite well, and the club hasn't really shown us anything that is radical or revolutionary. But you don't need to if they're engaging constantly, confidently, and in, in, in with enough that it includes the fans, and that engagement is so strong. And I think it, it's it's essential now more than ever this season, more than ever. It's essential that we have that, and I think that's why I'm just going to get the benefit of the doubt more than we would have done. You know, we've all been on charts this season, it's all the same sort of background staff, whatever. Um, I don't know background staff, there's a playing staff, and like, you know, PR and stuff. He did get jumped on right away for anything. I think the fact that he's been seen to be very open, he's came across excellently um, in interviews. I think people are buying into him and this idea more than they would have done previously, so. Long way to answer your question is yes, it's worked really well, and yes, it continues. Yeah, I think that's all fair points, Lawrence. Um, uh, as Brian says there, and as Tony said about the, the mic'd up Ange, both Dom and Ange, neither of them have done anything that you would say is reinventing the wheel, but they just seem to be very competent at their jobs, both of them, and, and that's something that we have lacked, you know. Um, the the apology Peter Law will put out after the Dubai incident last year um, didn't didn't please a lot of people and and seemed to be um, coming from somebody who if he ever had experience of doing the job as he did uh, he was certainly you know uh, behind the curve as far as that was concerned Neil Lennon at various points looks as if looked as if the job had become too big for him it's just nice isn't it to have uh, steady hands on the wheel both in the in, in the CEO position and the manager's position that even though they're not pulling up trees at the moment they're, they're doing the basics and they're doing them well yeah I mean I think Tony said it best uh, I think his quote's been stolen a few times we're moving from you know we're, we're in an analog world We've now got guys that live in a digital world. So mm. th- th- that's the difference now, isn't it? But I'm pretty sure a few people stole that quote and didn't credit him. But uh, Tony will tell you the quote, right? It's something like, we're an analogue club. In a I was referring age. to Neil Lennon and I said he was an analogue man in a digital world. But that my point, you made the point there about an analogue age and a digital age. It, it's true. Yeah, and now, now we've got guys that can more than competently operate in a digital age. You know, in charge of our media and our fan engagement, which is probably to see, you know, because they're addre- largely they're addressing a digital audience. So, you know, that's maybe where the, the disconnect is coming. Some old guys up near, maybe still analog, you know, and still got a little bit watching stuff. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I'm a, a Celtic analog. <laughs> so, but, but, no, it's totally refreshing. You, you know, Ange right up was brilliant, you know. That's got to be better than, uh, I, I don't know, it's on TV these days, but <laughs> it's got to be better. Certainly, would make Celtic TV worth buying if they could sort out an easy way to buy it, let's be honest. Uh, if they yes. can make that as few clicks as possible, because trying to buy Celtic TV is a nightmare. But, you, yeah, you, you know, I'm sure they'll sort that out. Yeah, no, we were having a discussion about that before the match. Uh, unfortunately, for those of uh, those of you watching, uh, I happened to log in and see that Celtic TV had put a two pm curfew on uh, subscriptions for today. So if you tried to do it after two pm, you actually weren't able to access the match. And even if you were trying to access the match, it took, as Lawrence says, about five or six clicks to get it. You know, they were missing out on a lot of £80 payments from people today who would have happily paid it just to get the next couple of games. So, um, you know. 
if they can sort that out, I'm sure they've got a lot more gullible folk like me who would happily empty their wallets to to purchase it. Um, but Tony, looking ahead next week, we've got Preston North End back at Celtic Park. Uh, surely now we'll be another week closer to the qualifiers. If if we've not got any signings by then, at least you would hope surely for us to be putting out a more solid uh, 11 that's going to reflect what we're hopefully going to put out against Mitchelland? Or am I being too wishful? I, I do like an only excuse quote and I'll give you another one. Remember, there'll be no panic buying, just panic. I think if, <laughs> I think if nobody's brought in by the time we play pressing North End, then I think you'll be substituting those words and the, the panic one might set in. But, you know, it's, uh, you like to think you trust the process, don't you? Or you're wanting to trust the process so much you're getting behind the new regime. But Brian Lawrence, myself and yourself know we need players. We need experienced players. And just a couple of experienced players to come in would give you a wee feel-good factor you know, in that European game. would give everybody a lift. You might be able to breathe a bit more easily. Because as much as you like some of the look of the players that have played in these friendlies, if you go into the Michelin game where Michelin always struggle with it, Michelin, <laughs> uh, with, if you go in with the personnel over these games, you, you'd be pretty worried, wouldn't you? Or you'd be you'd be watching it kind of like that. Cause, and again, I give them a free pass in the European scene because I think it's all been too, too tight. The deadline's bringing in the manager and trying to get a team together, but if you bring in a couple of first-team ready players, preferably defenders, I would feel a lot better about the situation. That's, you know, a centre-back and maybe a right-back. You feel, you feel, you feel good then, wouldn't you? You feel all right. You know, as I said, a Ben Davis, yeah. a felt guys like that. You might think, okay, if we can get them to just come in and, and be well, they're first-team ready players, aren't they? As I've spoken about, mm. you know, the rest takes care of itself. So I quite like the midfield and. I quite like the thought of a, a, a refreshed a jetty and Karamoko and Forest maybe causing havoc with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my thinking. If we're, we're going into the, the Europe Champions League tie, sorry. Champions League tie, yeah. Europa League might be coming sooner <laughs> rather than later, but yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> wait, a, we'll wait and see. I didn't think in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brian, Preston North End next week, as, as, as Tony was talking about there, you, you, you would hope that, you know, there is a bit less experimentation and, and that we come out of that game with a bit better idea of what Ange is going to use. Um, is there any last minute tinkering, last minute ex- experimentations you think he's going to do or do you think it will be a, this is a tried and tested sort of you know, an attempt to win a football match that's going to match what we're going to try and put out against Mitchelland? Well, it, it seems so far that he's, the system has been kind of the same across the mm. game. So he's got a very set system and a set way of playing. And I think mm. see, I think there will be some last-minute experimentation. I think he'll, he'll probably have an idea in his head who's going to play. And he'll mm. probably, what he'll probably do is if there's a couple of doubts, he'll maybe play some other players and just give one last chance to, to sit down and press. One of the things that I think and, you know, we should not be embarrassed, but there's no mention of this yet, it's really important, is that so far I've not seen Gavin Strack in my laptop, which is absolutely... <laughs> they don't, I was worried about the email because I don't know if somebody dropped him, but um, I'm really delighted about that, and he was quite vocal on the bench, so maybe that's something to look forward to. Maybe we have a backroom team for that team as well, but 
Uh, no, he, he asked some questions. I do think there will be some, some experimentation still in the game. I think Preston's mm. a, a, a decent side, you know, play good football, and I think he'll be a good test. And I think you get closer to the starting 11, but I think the system will be much the same. And actually, I think that's probably more important. Um, mm. Because of all the players that are there that's got involved to play in the system, it might be the case that even if we don't have the signings that he wants to make, we can still drop people on it by a player. Um, which is probably why we won't see guys like Cham, Christie, Michael Johnson again, because they, do, they look like they, they didn't look like Ange players. Scott Bain as well, by the way. Um, he was trying to do the Barkas CDM role. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't quite the schedule, I promise. So I'm not sure we'll see no. much happen in the coming weeks. Um, Hazard, interesting if, he, if he's, he's still around. I don't know if he's, he's getting sort of shipped out or or what sorts are because he's no features at all um, did Roger yeah. did Roger feature against Sheffield I don't think he did did he uh, I don't think so no so that, that's a curious one as well um, mm. um, Tommy is interested to see if uh, he comes in mm. yeah no ha- Hazard's a funny one he, he you know I think back to I was on with Lawrence and Paul John doing the live coverage of the Scottish Cup final when we secured the quadruple treble and it was none other than Connor Hazard between the sticks uh, looking at it three weeks before that match looking at it now it seems kind of laughable but there you go um, he's he's secured his, his moment in Celtic history if nothing else um, Lawrence looking ahead to the Michelin game we've all talked on our various bulletins about you know European qualification being a bonus under Ange and, and something that we're willing to write off as long as he, he gets it right but obviously from a financial point of view if nothing else it would be great for us to, to, to make the make the group stages or at least progress into the next couple of qualifying rounds to, to, to get a little bit more financial uh, boost from that are you any closer to thinking that that's a possibility? Qualification something that we can manage, or or do we still are you still kind of in the dark as far as that's concerned? Still got to worry at centre half and right back. So I mean, yeah. I think we'll score goals. Yet is looking like a completely different player. So I think we'll score goals. But for me, I, uh, just touching what Brian was speaking about, logic not features not really. For me, it's not a puzzle because I think Ange knows him really well as a player. So I think he's maybe going, mm. I don't need to look at you as, as closely. The Hazard thing, I think Celtic are definitely going to keep him. And I think he's maybe looking at Bain and Barkas and going, right, one of you is out if I'm bringing in a keeper. But what one of you is, is decent? Because if Hazard stays, he probably goes and loans. And he's maybe looking at Barkas and Bain going, I need to know what, which one of you is hitting the road here. Uh, because yeah. I'd like to bring him own keeper. But, you know, it, it's one game at a time. So Michelin's, we've got Preston, haven't we? Uh, the original Invincibles, the Invincibles, now you get called that for going to a league and cups undefeated in a season. So Preston were the first team to do it. Uh, so the Invincibles meet the Invincibles. True Invincibles meet True Invincibles. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hashtag True Invincibles. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag True Invincibles. Well, yeah, we we'll the, uh... the great Invincibles, Preston, weren't they? Uh, way back. Way back before the... Was it 88? 1888, yeah. perhaps, was it? I think it's anyone know? Was it about 1888? I think you're so right. So we've got the Invincibles versus the, Invi- the Invincibles. Yeah. <laughs> you just and we'll like leave, we'll leave ours. You just like yeah, st
And we'll leave we'll leave Arsenal and the other lot to themselves, I suppose. Um, but uh, thanks everybody for watching. That was um, not as enjoyable a second half as a first half. Uh, more questions than answers, as I always like to say. But um, we'll be we'll be back again during the week for our bulletins, and we'll be doing more match coverage for the Preston match next week. So we will see you then. To Brian, to Tony, and to Lawrence, thanks very much for joining me today. This has been a Celtic State of Mind. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.